Hi everyone, and welcome to Your Health and Your Wealth. So later in the program, we are going to be looking at your wealth with the recession. What does it really mean for you, and what are the do's and don'ts? But first, June is Bowel Cancer Awareness Month, and bowel cancer is the second deadliest cancer in Australia, killing more than 100 Aussies each week. But it is also one of the most treatable types of cancer if found early. So to tell us more, I am joined, hopefully you can hear me, it's Associate Professor Graeme Newstead, he's a uh, colorectal surgeon and a director of the of Bowel Cancer Australia. Graeme, have you got me there? I certainly have, Ricardo. I can see you and hear you clearly and your introduction was perfect because it is certainly treatable, it's actually preventable and yet it's ridiculously the most common. And in men and women together, it is the most common cause uh, of cancer in our community. The most common for women is breast, The most, assuming you're not a smoker, let's get that out of the way. Um, so if you're not a smoker and you get your skin checked, the most common for women is breast and the most common for men is prostate. But both of those are unfortunately not totally preventable. You can have the screening and there isn't a woman alive who doesn't know she should be screened for breast cancer. But although it's uh, uh, unfortunately not, uh, it has no preliminary situations that we can find a new a factor before the disease occurs. Whereas with bowels, it's the polyps, the little warty growths on the wall of the bowel that turn to cancer. So we should get our prostate checked, we should get our breast checked, but for bowels, um, it's very simple to check for the polyps, find them, remove them, and prevent the cancer. Okay, so run us through briefly what are some of the major symptoms of bowel cancer? Well, it's the one thing we don't want. When I was a medical student, the symptoms were bleeding and particularly a major change in your bowel habit. Well, the bowel habit change is simply due to if that is the, de the diameter of the colon and there's a little warty polyp sitting there, it's not going to cause any problems whatsoever until it bleeds. So if we wait till the symptoms are the polyp blocking the bowel and becoming a cancer, it's often too late. So we don't want to have the symptoms, but basically they're a change in bowel habit, abdominal symptoms, crampy pain, that sort of thing, late stage and of course bleeding. And people go to their GP regularly uh, with bleeding. If you knock on the doors of people out of the blue and say, hello, I'm checking to see whether you ever pass blood, 14% of people that answer the door will say, yeah, I see some blood occasionally because we all have hemorrhoids. It's not just those that have the lumps and the big swollen bits there and see the blood. We all have hemorrhoids so we can have blood from them but the important thing is to be sure that the bleeding is only from the hemorrhoids and not from anything more important. I want to talk about, um, you know, this is sometimes a bit of an uncomfortable thing to talk about, but I love this new little video that Bowel Cancer Australia has just uploaded. So I want to play it to you. It's, it's only 30 seconds long. We're being told we'll have to adjust to a new normal, but some things are just not normal. Blood in your poo? Not normal. A recent and persistent change in your bowel habit? Not normal. Unexplained anemia causing tiredness and weight loss? Not normal. Abdominal pain and swelling? 
not normal. Give a f- about your bowel and know what's not normal. And to add to Grandma. that, to add to that, I only wish that I was sitting here with my breakfast at the moment because we're trying to make bowels dinner table conversation, and that's exactly what we need people to talk about. It. It's a disgusting topic, and that's why only forty percent of the people that have sent the federal government's test kit actually go to the trouble of dipping the little bit of wooden spatula into the toilet water and putting it on the bit of blotting paper strip and posting it off. It's so easy, but we don't want to do that. Yeah, that's what I love about that ad, that it does um, add to the conversation and I love the language used. Can we talk about maybe one more immediate issue, for example, because you mentioned, you, and it's, it's quite specific, right? You mentioned that issue of blood and I guess a lot of people may only see their doctor or get advice if they see blood in the toilet after they pass. Um, obviously, it can be quite shocking, right? What do you tell or what does a doctor tell a patient when they've seen blood in the toilet? And, and how do they know if it's an urgent issue or not? Right. Um, a good GP, and certainly those of us who specialise in the area, ask not just, have you seen blood, but a whole bunch of questions about it. Where is the blood? Is it on the paper or in the toilet? If it's in the toilet, is it splattering the toilet bowl? Is it on the motion, coating the motion? Is the motion formed or liquid? Or I'm not sure. Because all of those features help us determine whether the blood is likely to be added at the end of a motion at the anal area, i.e. possibly hemorrhoids, or whether it's going to be mixed with the bowel motion as it's forming liquid to formed motion higher up in the bowel, and that raises more alarms. The other thing is that 10% of bowel cancers in Australia are occurring in people under the age of 50. The actual numbers in the older age people are slightly reducing, and that's because of screening, because we're finding the polyps and removing them. But it's not good enough for a 35 or a 40-year-old to say, oh, well, it's only going to be hemorrhoids or I'm a macho fit guy, I'm at the gym all the time, I don't care, I'm all right. We've got to be absolutely sure that they're assessed. So it's not very difficult to assess what we call outlet bleeding, low down at the anus, to know whether it is hemorrhoids or is not. At what point do you become more persistent with a doctor or a specialist to try to see you earlier if you're really worried? How does that work? One of the negatives about COVID recently has been the fact that people have been expected to put off going to their doctor, not go out of the house, and are now uncertain about whether it's okay to go back, etc. The message is we've been doing all the urgent work all through COVID and urgent on bowels. And as if you look at the numbers, there are 100 COVID deaths in Australia. Congratulations to our government and the work that's been done. However, there are 5,108 deaths a week from bowel cancer in Australia and with a preventable disease. For heaven's sake, get it checked and then you're going to live to look after your family and your kids. A couple more things before you go. So we've spoken about a lot of these um, uh, symptoms. It's not necessarily always bowel cancer, is it? No, no, no. You, your bowel gets upset from anything. You enjoy some chilies. You ate something that didn't upset that upset you. Um, you're a bit constipated because you're not getting enough wheat bix in your morning cereal. They're all okay things, but it's not a big deal to go get that checked. If you find a lump in your breast, you're going to get that checked. If you're getting a bit of hesitancy with passing your urine, you're going to get that checked. 
So go to the doctor. But the most important thing is when the government sends you the test kit, which is now going to be sent from January this year, two yearly, it was five yearly, not often enough. The test kit is simple. And if you do the test kit when you get it, you're going to prevent the bowel cancer. If you get a positive, don't panic. It might be hemorrhoidal bleeding because it's a test kit for blood, but it's not a test kit for polyps or cancer. But that indication of some blood might mean a biggish polyp or even an early cancer. And even if it is a cancer and not a polyp to be removed at colonoscopy, even if it is a cancer, it's nice. If it's an early cancer, it's curable. If you wait too long to get your colonoscopy, it moves up a stage and it may be incurable, Ricardo. And final question, it's Bowel Cancer Awareness Month, Red Apple Day next Wednesday to help raise awareness. Where yeah. else can someone get some support for this issue? Um, it's uh, very straightforward. Uh, you go to um, uh, the Bowel Cancer Foundation on bowelcanceraustralia.org. Have to look up our own address. Uh, always forget it's com or org, bowelcanceraustralia.org, and it's all there, more information than you'll ever need. Do the test, read that stuff, um, donate if you're one of your wealthy watchers, and uh, we'll, do, we'll keep doing the good, and I hope a lot of people are saved from the disease. Okay, Associate Professor Graeme Newstead uh, from Bowel Cancer Australia, thank you very much for your time. Appreciate it here on your wealth and your, your health and your wealth. Thank you for having me, Ricardo. Great pleasure. So again, that uh, website address is www.bowelcanceraustralia.org if you want some more information. So now we go from your health to your wealth. And we've heard the word recession a lot over the past couple of weeks. Um, Australia's economy contracted for the first time uh, in about nine to 10 years in the, Mar in the January to March quarter. We are more than likely to be in a recession right now when we get the figures for this quarter, and I've got someone with me who will tell us more about what this chart actually means, and that's Shane Oliver. He's the Chief Economist from AMP Capital. Shane, thank you very much for joining me live on Your Health and Your Wealth. My pleasure, Ricardo. So Shane, we know the technical definition of a recession is two negative quarters of economic growth, right? But what exactly does that really mean? And what typically happens in a recession? It's a rather silly definition in a way, because I think ultimately, um, you know, a recession really is a contraction in the level of economic activity. Sometimes we get these contractions because we might have a cyclone come through and it wipes out some bananas and floods a coal mine, for example, and then we have a contraction for one quarter, and that's not regarded as serious enough because the next quarter we bounce back up again and it's all forgotten about. So therefore, the two, two consecutive quarters in a row rule came along to sort of screen out those events, and there's been three of them over the last 20-odd uh, years or so, um, that weren't really that consequential. And in other words, to focus on the things that are a lot more consequential, like the early 80s recession or the early 90s recession. And the term recession, in a broader sense, refers to an environment where the level of economic activity that we see around us rather than grow, which is what normally happens, it actually goes backwards. You see more shops closing down, you see less people in the shops, you feel a bit wary about spending, um, you know people who might have lost their jobs or you might have lost your job yourself or you might be uncertain about whether you will keep your job. Um, you get smaller wage rises, 
all of those things are the things we we tend to see in recessions. And to be honest with you, we've seen some of those things over the last few decades, but really you had to go back to the early 1990s to see a recession. And therefore, a lot of Australians haven't really experienced one. Um, is it fair to say one of the key features of a recession is mass job losses or a high unemployment rate? And typically in a recession, you would know someone that has lost their jobs, whereas a depression, you're also likely to have lost your job, right? So the question is, how bad is this jobless rate going to get? And how complicated is it to measure because of the stimulus measures like JobKeeper? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, recessions have been characterised by a sharp rise in unemployment. If you go back over the last 28 years, we've seen several occasions where the unemployment rate has gone up. It went up after the GFC, for example, but it only went up slightly, you know, from, say, 4.5% to 6% or something like that. It's a relatively small fall, painful for those who lose their jobs, but a lot of people wouldn't notice it. Recessions have tended to be associated in Australia's history in the post-war period the recessions of the, the early 80s and early 90s with unemployment roughly doubling. You know, we go from around 5% to 10% or thereabouts. And therefore, you, you tend to know someone who's lost their job. Um, but the reality is that 90% of people still have a job. Um, this time around, it has been somewhat confused because the government knew this was coming. It wasn't your typical recession. It was uh, a very unusual one. We could see the threat from coronavirus. The government took a decision that we want to um, uh, stop the number of new cases rising dramatically and overwhelming the healthcare system. So we had the shutdown. And that shutdown, by definition, meant things shut down. Uh, we couldn't get out there and spend. Some of us couldn't get out to work. And therefore, big chunks of economic activity went backwards. Normally, given the severity of that 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 downturn in economic activity, particularly in areas like uh, retailing, tourism, accommodation, uh, recreation, uh, the arts and so on, unemployment, I reckon, were it not for the action by government, probably would have gone to something like 15%. But we have seen action by government. The JobKeeper um, program has kept 3.5 million people in jobs. And also you've seen that doubling in the job seeker payment from $40 a day to $80 a day and the removal of the test that said you have to be out there showing and looking for a job to be able to get job seeker. So a lot of people just said, okay, well, I've lost my job for this period, but there's no point looking for a job because everything's shut down. So, so they weren't even counted as being in the labour force. So that had the effect of muting the rise in unemployment. Shane, uh, before you go, I want to bring this back to the mum and dad, the you and I type level, right? What are some of the do's and don'ts during a recession? Well, I guess uh, yeah, the first one is to not get, get too carried away. If, if you've got your job, you really need to be looking around for opportunities that it might throw up. You know, recessions tend to be associated with opportunities. Property prices tend to fall. Um, share markets tend to fall. Often that occurs quite quickly. The share market fall was back in March, so it's almost over before you know it to some degree. But you really should be, if you are if you are competent at keeping your job, you should be looking for opportunities. So that's a key do, I think. Um, <clears throat> one of the things you don't do is if you do have a good job, you know, don't go and mess it up. Don't go, uh, you know, taking on risks. It's probably not the best time to be changing jobs because it could lead to un uncertainty as, as to employment going forward. It's also an opportunity, I think, with interest rates being down, to pay your mortgage down faster. So that's a do. Um, the other thing that, that 
that comes up is you also see opportunities, prices of things go down in price. So if, you, if you're looking for a, a secondhand car or a secondhand boat or I don't know, whatever it is, you might find it cheaper um, than it would normally be. So there are a few things that you, you should bear in mind through a recession. And I, I guess history tells us they don't last forever. We'll eventually pull out of it. We may already be pulling out of this one, given the way uh, the shutdown is easy and economic activity is coming back. So don't get too carried away. Don't get too gloomy because history tells us we will pull out of this. Okay, Shane Oliver, appreciate your time always and thank you for supporting this uh, first episode of Your Health and Your Wealth. Thank you. My pleasure. Have a good day. See you, Shane. And that is it for Your Health and Your Wealth.